Hey there, welcome to today's edition of Verity Vitamins. These are truth tablets, mind renewal medication. And the purpose of these smaller podcasts that I felt impressed to start is to do what Romans 12 tells us to do, and that is to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you know, in order to be in God's perfect will, you have to make small adjustments. You have to identify mindsets and things that you have believed, even maybe that's been passed down through family members and through culture, through media, and say, that's not the way God thinks. (laughs) That's not what he says. That's not what his word says. And, And we've been given his spirit on the inside of us to teach us all things. And we've been given his precious holy word. That's the incorruptible seed of the word of God, and it will protect us from deception. But We've got to not be biased toward just our feelings or our thoughts or our um, prejudices, but we have to bring it back to what does the Word say. And that's the, the point of this, is that we are taking small doses of the Word of God to renew our mind, to transform our mind, to help us to look more and more like the Master, to look more and more like Jesus. And that's the desire of the Lord, I believe in this, and that's my desire. And so I seek the Lord every week and say, Lord, what, what uh, plant can I water this week? You know, what, what def- vitamin deficient area, you know, could, could, I, could I minister to people in? And, and can I come up in myself this week? And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world and culture, and I endeavor to just always seek the Lord and not just respond to what's going on out here. Um, but whenever I see a need or I see a gap, you know, a lot of times I'll seek the Lord and, you know, the truth is I don't have anything unless the Lord gives it to me. And if I don't hear anything from the Lord, it doesn't necessarily reflect on my stance on that issue. But at the same time, I don't want to just speak out of myself or repeat what I'm hearing other people say. I want to get something from him, from the word, because that's what's going to make a difference. That's what's going to create impact. That's what's going to renew our mind is getting something from him. You know, Jesus was pressed with with that issue of that woman having committed committed adultery. And, uh, you know, they were pressing him. They said, listen, the scripture says this, but what do you say? And that pressure and that pushing and, you know, they wanted an answer immediately. But Jesus didn't answer immediately. He wrote down, I'm sorry, he sat down and he wrote in the dirt and until he got something from the Father. And then when he got it from the Father, it was right. It made a difference, and it saved that woman's life. (laughs) And yet it retained his witness, and it properly represented the Lord, his Father. And and, and we don't want to just do something that seems right. We want to do things the way God would do them. We want to do things his way. And we want to sanctify him in the eyes of the people with how we go about doing things and saying things. And so it's important to do that. But what, what I wanted to, to address this, uh, this morning, I'd say morning because it's morning right now and I'm recording this, um, I, I did have some thoughts on the, the abortion issue and what's been coming up. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know uh, that Roe versus Wade was just overturned on a federal level. And, um, and that's a big deal. That's huge. You know, you don't ever want to judge somebody, and you don't want to judge somebody for not saying something. Um, Like I just said, you know, you don't have something until the Lord gives it to you. But 
Um, you know, it is interesting to see who is responding and who's not. And you do wonder, you do wonder why they're not responding. And then some people are responding, um, in a way that, man, it's, it's, it seems good maybe on one side, but, um, it's almost empathizing, empathizing, um, with the abortion argument. Now, now we should empathize with people always. We don't ever want to get out of love and God loves people. God loves women and he loves women who have had abortions and he's so merciful and, and loving and forgiving. And, and he is so ready and willing to forgive anybody who's done that. And even beyond that, there are women who have done things out of pressure, out of ignorance, especially young girls. And, and I do not believe God holds them accountable for what they were ignorant about. There are other people who he will hold accountable for that, who are involved in it. But, uh, you know, he, he's not, God is so merciful and, and he knows where people are at and what light they have. And we want to be merciful too. We want to have a merciful attitude uh, towards people and, and be available to minister to people, to be a help to people and, and not to condemn them. Um, but that doesn't mean that we empathize with an argument that supports the killing of children. That's just not okay. And there is no justification for that. I don't care what the situation is. There is none. There's no justification for that. Um, you know, when you inquire of the Lord, you acknowledge the Lord in things, uh, God's always got an answer, and it's a good answer, and it's a right answer. And, and, you know, if you acknowledge God in something and ask Him what to do, He's always got a solution. And I guarantee you that solution does not involve murdering a child, ever. And, um, you know, there's a lot of questions people have about the Old Testament and things like that. And if you're interested in, in, in that, go back and listen to my podcast I did about a year ago called The Value of a Life, and I got into some of that. But today I, I want to address specifically, um, you know, a couple of things. Number one, um, the slogan, my body, my choice. Um, and what I wanted to address is how, how does that apply to Christians? You know, I, I'm not going to speak to everybody on that because... What I want to read doesn't apply to everybody, um, but it does apply to believers. And so I want to talk to believers, um, and, and from a perspective of if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim Christ, if you claim to follow Him, then I, I want to talk to you about that and how it applies to you. You know, somebody I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of is a man by the name of Dr. Kent Hovind, and he's done a lot in the area of uh, creation science um, and he, he has evangelism in that area. And he, he went through a lot the past few decades. And um, he's done a lot of good in the area of exposing the lies of evolution in the school and, and things of that nature. And I, I grew up listening to him. But he made a really good argument. Uh, you know, if you have a, a mom who uh, you know has a child, maybe she had that child out of wedlock. Maybe it was a tough situation. And she's trying to raise that child on her own. And it's a tight financial situation, which is not easy. And is is not an easy situation, and, and you know we want want to have mercy and compassion on somebody in that situation. But again, the solution is not the murder of a human. <laughs> That's never the solution. And he brought up this point. He said, "Imagine you have a mother, and she had a child out of wedlock, and is in a tight financial situation, and maybe she was um, abused or something like that. And uh, if she's holding that three year old child." And she has a flashback to uh, that horrible experience that she had, and she, in a, in a fit of rage, kills that child. She's going to go to prison for murder, 
regardless of the fact that she was a victim in the past, regardless of the fact that she's in a tough situation, if she murders her three-year-old child, she's going to go to prison. And most people would say, well, yeah, that's, there's no excuse for that. But then he goes on to say, okay, well, what if the child was one year old? Would she still go to prison? Yes. He said, well, what if the child was uh, three months old? And he said, what if the child was a newborn? He said, what if the child was three months unborn? What if the child, you see where I'm going with this? And morality has shifted based on a thin layer of skin that determines whether a child is in the womb or out of the womb. And that's not how God sees it. He said, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Now, I don't say that to condemn anybody or or, or advocate for girls going to jail for doing something that they had no light in. You know, God God knows where people are at and, and what they have light on and what they see. And there are so many women and girls who have been deceived and lied to and told something that wasn't true. And in their ignorance, they did something. And God is not holding that against them. Uh, there are other people that are responsible for that. But God is so merciful and, and, he, and he is so ready to forgive anybody who has made a mistake in these areas or done something and has regret about it. God is so merciful. He's so good. He's so kind. But but what we're addressing today is, is it right? Is it is it wrong? What does God think about this? And I know most people listening to this, uh, I know how they feel. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm not taking for granted who this is going to go to. And, and also I want to equip people um, to know some things about what the Word of God has to say about it. And again, don't get mad at me just because I'm a man. (laughs) Listen, I'm basing this on the word. I believe what the word says. And we have to renew our mind by the word. And listen, I was raised by two fiery pro-life women. And that's one of the reasons why I believe the way I believe about this. Well, let me just read a couple of scriptures to you before I close. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says, Flee sexual immorality. Now, that would take care of a lot of stuff right there if people would do that. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So the first thing I want to say to you here about what the Scripture is saying is that it may be a person's choice whether or not to have an abortion, but if they claim to be a Christian, it's not their body. I'm going to say it again. If somebody claims to be a Christian, it may be their choice, but it's not their body. He said, your, your body is not your own. You were bought with a price, and you are to glorify God in your body. Now, we all have a choice to do wrong. We all have a choice to sin, but it's not our body. He bought us. He paid for us. If we claim the name of Christ, so if you claim to be a Christian, uh, you no longer should say, my body, my choice, because it's not your body. God gives you a choice, and that choice is going to have regrets and sorrow and consequences, but it's not your body. He said, I bought you with a price, and he expects you to glorify God in your body. Now, you may think that's harsh, but listen, I'm reading the, the word to you. And it's actually not harsh, it's the truth, and it's love, because God is trying to protect you. He cares about your body more than you care about your body. 
And that's why he wants you to glorify him in it. So he has a right to keep your body. That's a whole nother message. But listen to this in Matthew 18, verse 10. Jesus said, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. He says in the Amplified Version, Beware that you do not despise or feel scornful toward or think little of one of these little ones. So to despise means to undervalue, to treat lightly, to treat without worth. He said, don't despise these little ones. Well, what is abortion doing? It's despising little ones. It's saying they don't have value. They don't have importance. They're not a human person. Now, now let me just give you something right here. You know, I I saw an article recently, and it was a pro-abortion argument, and it said, uh, there's a reason you can't claim an unborn child on your taxes. That's because the government doesn't consider it to be a real person. And then it said, read that again. And, and the point that it was making is that a child is not a real person. This is a pro-abortion argument. And, and I'm, I just couldn't help but, but say, hold, 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 hold on just a minute. <laughs> um, our government doesn't exactly have the best track record of who they do and don't consider to be a human person. Uh, if you re- will recall correctly, um, the last time the government classified somebody as not considered a person, it was black people. Now, I, I don't like to use that term because that's more of a category than it is uh, a color. Um, but just for the sake of you understanding what I mean, African-American people, they didn't classify them as people. So the government doesn't have the best track record. Oh, but all of a sudden when they, they consider that a, a baby's not a person, oh, now, now they're right about it. But then some of these same people are the ones who claim to be, you know, social justice warriors, and yet they're despising these little ones. No, it's not right. Uh, the government doesn't have the right to declare who is or who is not a person. God does that. And when a government tries to do that, that's them playing God. Uh, God is what determines that. He is what determines who is and who is not a person. And I don't get on here to be harsh or mean or, you know, anything like that. Um, I'm endeavoring to do this in love. Biggest thing is love toward those babies. I mean, that's love. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but also love towards mothers who have been victimized, mothers who have been lied to, deceived, told that it wasn't a, a baby. And, and there are people who have been involved in the abortion industry for years and never really knew what was going on. And when they saw what was going on, they they got out of it. And they realized what was happening. And you know. They were ignorant. They were just like Paul. They were ignorant in unbelief. And God is so merciful. He's so great. And he's using some of those women now to, to do good things for him. And God is so merciful. And we're never out to condemn anybody or, um, you know, make somebody feel awful or horrible. But we do want to see life preserved. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not bashful about saying that. I want to make that very clear. Um, there is no justification ever for killing a child for any reason. But God is so good, and, and if people will acknowledge Him and honor Him and, and glorify Him in their bodies, He has an answer that is so much better than the world's answer. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how bad it was. God can, can take something that was meant for evil and turn it for good if He'll just be acknowledged, if He'll just be honored. And God's, uh, God's option C is always better than the world's A or B. And it will always turn out 
with no regret and no sorrow in the end, even if it started in sorrow, even if it started in something awful. God is well able to do it.